how's it going? It's going well. It's a wonderful week here in Austin, Texas. It's a sunny and 50 something, which passes for a cold front. I'll take it. I was going to say, I mean, a cold front in Texas is always exciting, but, um, but the trouble with winter this year, obviously, is that we can't, it, it's not very comfortable to spend time outside in winter. And that's kind of all we get in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, safe ways to socialize. So are you actually happy that it's cold outside? I, my cold tolerance is, is much higher probably than most people that are from Texas. Um, so for me, this weather is totally adequate to sit outside and have coffee or lunch or something. But I know for some people they're, you know, they're definitely going to be indoors even more. Um, but you know what, the way I see it is the fact that we have this vaccine on the horizon, it's making me embrace, um, these, these next few months even more in terms of, you know, cause, cause life is going to change once people feel like they have the vaccine and, and there's adoption of that. So for me, it's like, even though it's winter and it's colder outside, I want to enjoy it as much as I can, because a year or two from now, we're going to look back at this. And, and I think we're going to miss some of the slow pace that we have right now. It's yeah. I wonder, this is, I don't want this to sound insensitive, but I do wonder if there are things in this time that we're going to, that future us is going to be nostalgic for. Um, I'm sure there's a lot that, you know, we can't wait to have gone, but I think you're right. I think the slower pace is kind of nice. So, but so you're going to, are you spending the winter for the foreseeable, you know, amount of future days coming up that, uh, like in Texas, are you going to go anywhere? Are you going to get to go like snowboarding this year at all? You know, I would like to go snowboarding every year I go and I visit longtime friends, actually my high school track coach, his wife and kids, they're like my, basically my second family. And I visit them in Utah and go snowboarding. Um, what I would say is I don't currently have plans to go, but I, I do think that after Biden is inaugurated, um, in January and I have a semblance of really what the federal vaccine rollout plan is as opposed to what it is Mm -hmm. now, which doesn't look very uh, clear to me still. Um, then I think I'll be much more likely to, to do things like that when I feel like even if it's not me getting the vaccine, it's, it's me having a sense that people are getting it and that there's a general trend towards less COVID, you know, all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes sense. I read, or I read, and my friend who is, uh, happens to be pregnant mentioned to me that it's not approved for pregnant people. So that's wow. just an example of people in the population who aren't maybe going to be able to get a vaccine until, you know, until they're not pregnant anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if that is going to slow down the, like the return to normalcy at all. Um, yeah, because yeah. there are still going to be people who are at risk. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the two things that I am monitoring when I think about the vaccine, one is, like I said, the the, the rollout plan, like what is the actual country slash government doing to get it into the hands of the people who, who, who need it the most first. And then from there, um, like I liked, I, I think, I can't remember if it was the NBA, their NFL said that they weren't trying to cut the line, you know, and I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that they said that it wasn't this idea that like, if you're a multimillionaire, you should get it first, that type of thing. So I, I hope that more people do that. Um, and the, the second thing that I'm looking at is within my own personal network, who has taken the vaccine? Because I have friends who have pre-existing conditions or I have family members who are elderly and 
I want to make sure that they are taking it before I do. Not because I want to see right. if it works, but because me, I, <laughs> you I, don't I, want to <laughs> sacrifice the old people you know just to test it. I didn't yeah, know. To me, yeah. <laughs> to me, I want to know like if it would feel weird to me if somehow I get access to the vaccine before my grandmother, who has had COVID and has been in the ICU, has been intubated and all that. And so to me, I I I fundamentally feel like it should not be anything, have anything to do with socioeconomic conditions or anything. It should just be here medically or is the list of people who need to get it first. And I have friends who are doctors mm-hmm. and nurses, and I hope that they're getting it like literally this week or next week. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually need to check in with all of them because I, I probably have a half a dozen friends who are nurses or doctors and in San Francisco, um, Utah, um, you know, so they, these, they they need to get that vaccine as quickly as possible because I know that right now a lot of them they they go home and they they worry about you know are they passing it on to their partners their kids or whatever so um, once I hear that friends of mine have had it and and I I talk to them you know weeks later and they still feel fine and all that I'm like okay wow this is it's really happening and I have some confidence that it's happening in the way that it should. I think, yeah, I have every confidence, I really do, in the rollout process and how it will be handled under a Biden administration. And maybe that's foolish of me. Um, I mean, it's I'm certainly naive to the whole thing. I've never really considered how a vaccine would get rolled out. You know, I don't even really think about, like, the logistics of the flu vaccine. I just mm-hmm. go and get it. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do have confidence that it's going to be uh, a, a pretty, like, orderly process um, I'm curious if any of your friends who are doctors or nurses have gotten COVID. Mm. None have told me that they've gotten COVID. Mm. Um, but what I would say is they're probably in situations where they're around so many things that their immunity is probably higher than the normal, the average person. Um, and thankfully, you know, and I, it, it paint, painstakingly in a lot of ways, you know, because they are, you know, nurses and doctors, they are in a certain socioeconomic class that mm-hmm. even if the hospitals that they work for aren't giving them the PPE that they need, they are using their personal funds to go and make sure that they have it. Right. So, yeah, right. Um, you know, no, that's not the case for everyone. Um, but for, for my friends, I, I'm sure that they're like, I'm going to make sure that I have the mask and the, the you know, the cleaning thing, all, all the things that I need to make sure that I feel safe while I'm doing my job. Um, so yeah, I haven't heard any of them having it, but, um, but I definitely know people who have had COVID, um, and, you know, thankfully all of them have rebounded. Um, even my grandmother, she was, she was pretty dicey about a month ago. Right. Um, uh-huh. and she's doing much better now. Um, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. I, that's great to hear. Yeah. So is she still in the hospital? She's now in something kind of like a long-term facility. So it's, it's, it's really, it's like a long-term kind of care thing, but it what's, what's mm-hmm. that's, what's so crazy about when I think about 2020, 2020 is, has been su- such a weird year because, um, I, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm newly engaged. That's also, uh-huh. congratulations. Since, since I thank you since, uh, our, our last conversation and, and it's like on the same, basically within the same, like 48 hours of that, you know. I'm getting, I'm having a conversation with my mom about, um, various things that relate to getting my grandmother's affairs in order, because this may be her last. Oh week. gosh. You know what I mean? And oh it's my like, God. Uh-huh. 20, 20 feels like that where it's like, you have this very celebratory thing where you're like, 
maybe home life has been better. Maybe you've been able to slow down and appreciate the small things and, and honestly the big mm-hmm. things more this year. At the same time, it's like there's always this fear of like something really catastrophic happening close to you, right? And I'm I'm really looking forward to getting through this last little bit of 2020 and, and starting a new, not saying that 2021 is going to be automatically better, but that mm-hmm. we can kind of move on from some of the some of the fear that we've had to hang on to throughout this entire year of like, you know, am I going to get COVID? Is someone I love going to get COVID? And then are they going to be in a really bad scenario? And am I not even going to be able to physically say goodbye to them? And all these different things that we've had to think about, but not actually talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. 2020 has just been such a weird year because of all that. Yeah. It's weird to me that it doesn't, that I, it doesn't register to me on a daily or even weekly basis that it's weird. You know, you just get mm-hmm. used to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird time to be having holidays. I mean, that's the weirdest. That's the one thing that's really odd to me. This is the first year in my life that I have not been in Texas for Christmas. Um, oh, wow. And it's just, you know, it's obviously not happening. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of nice that I don't have to go from like a place that's actually cold you know, when you, and then I like fly to Austin, you know, like on December 23rd and it's like 74 degrees. That's always kind of a weird disconnect. So that's good that I don't have to do that this year. But, um, well, so I'm curious a little bit to hear about, um, what your, what your holidays are going to entail. Uh, my first question is, have you gotten any of these people in the healthcare profession Christmas gifts? Because on one hand, they really deserve to be treated. And on the other hand, they probably got everything they need, right? <laughs> like, what can you what can you get the person who has everything because they, you know, have advanced to that point in their career in their lives mm-hmm. that they can, you know, buy whatever they want for themselves. Well, this is I, I did it really simple this year. Um, I have personally gotten probably sixty different friends pedal, which pedal is a it's a sustainable hand soap brand that that localer is really happy to be partnering with and. Yeah, uh, you can check him, check him out. The website is withpedal.com, P-E-T-A-L. Um, and in essence, you know, it's it's been this awesome gift to give to friends because it's, A, it's affordable. Like a starter kit on mm-hmm. Pedal is, I think it's like 20 or $25. Um, and, and then B, it's really sustainable. So it's replacing the single-use plastic bottles that we all used way too much, whether that's for hand soap or dish soap or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then three, the thing that I, that I really like is it's the kind of gift that it's not ephemeral. So three months from now, six months from now, when they're still in their home, they're still going to have that pedal bottle with the soap in it. And it'll be a gift that didn't have the ephemerality of something that, you know, you gave it to them and then they used it once or maybe twice and then Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. gone. Um, so I, I like that. And also, it's not like you're you're not guessing. You don't have to guess someone's size. You don't have to guess if they like the color. You can you can just get them the gift, and and pretty certain it's going to replace whatever they have right now for hand soap, and they're going to love it. So that's what I've been getting. I've gotten to, for all my nurse friends, all my doctor friends, honestly, all my friends in general. Like I've literally nice. sent it out to fifty to sixty friends. That's great. Um, I gave one, you know, I love it too, obviously. And it's replaced the soap in, in my household, but I gifted it to some people in my life already. And one of them was my my mom. And she has taken it, she's adopted it as her thing now. So um, 
part of me like hopes she's hearing this so she like knows what I think of it but um <laughs> yeah so so it's her gift she's co-opted it and it's like giving it to everybody in the family like aunts uncles cousins everybody and it was my thing <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hilarious. Well, that's a uh, that's that's word of mouth for you. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, it's like I want to be happy for. I'm happy that it's working. I'm happy that the that it's taken off and that it's such a runaway hit. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like kind of scrambling for ideas that I didn't think I would. You be should um you should <laughs> you should um just mail everyone a post-it note that says. Um, stick this on your hair pedal bottle <laughs> and, and love Kate. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I like that actually. Just, or, you know, you can get like, um, like one of my friends has a stamp of her face. Um, oh, wow. That, that was a Christmas gift. I know it's, it's like amazingly like egocentric, but it, for her, it just works and it's not. But, uh, so she, every, she like looks for chances to send mail all the time and she always stamps it with her face. I could do something like that. That's amazing. Wait, is it the, is it a stamp that really works? Oh yeah. Oh, it works. That's amazing. Yeah, and it looks just like her. It's very odd, but it's very cool. And so, if you're looking for a last minute gift idea, maybe that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long it takes them to get made, but um, but yeah, just just some ideas. Yeah. Um, I know that I normally at Christmas time am very much of the ilk that um, that gifts aren't really that important. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't suit me. Like, it's just not my love language. I'm not very good mm -hmm. at finding people gifts. I would say I'm always more about the quality time of Christmas and, or the holidays, I should say. Um, and you know, getting to go to parties and getting to see relatives that you don't see very often. But this year, of course, none of that's really in the, mm -hmm. in the works. And so I have been leaning into, um, the whole gift thing a lot more and it feels good to feel good about that. Um, it feels good to feel like you have a handle on it. Um, even though I won't be able to give anybody pedal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Here's here's another thing too. Even though travel isn't even though travel isn't top of mind for everyone, maybe for the next three to six months, there is I, I would say that there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I would I'll just say that I've already booked a couple of flights for 2021. And part mm -hmm. of that is because the, 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 there are great deals and also because the refund policies are amazing. Sure. Um, but also because there there is reason for some optimism next year. So that that may be something, you know, giving someone the gift of travel, whether that's, you know, some kind of flight gift certificate or hotel gift certificate, if you know they like a certain hotel or whatever. But also, uh, again, maybe, maybe this is a little self-promotional, -promo but that's what I love about what we're doing with Localer is that, you know, it's work, you know, if you get someone a subscription to Localer, it's it's always there, right? So whenever they do start traveling, whether that's three weeks from now or three months from now or, you know, a year from now, it's still going to be there and we can be inspiring them throughout. So to me, I think I think now that we do have these vaccines that are that are getting out there, um, we can start opening up the range on what people can can want now. You know, I'm. I, you know, I manage my, my fiance is a musician and I, and I manage her and I'm currently rebooking some tour dates from 2020 into 2021. And I'm literally right at really close to, to rebooking her New York show. And that show won't happen until the second half of 2021, but Hey, mm -hmm. that's, that could be a, 
you know, that could be a gift to buy someone, right? Like a $20 concert ticket um, that maybe the show isn't until next year, but that gives someone something to look forward to. So that's half of what I like Absolutely. about travel is that you have something to look forward to. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's interesting to think about 2021 in terms of like a, a single unit and the fact that the, like, if, if you look at it a year um, in blocks and let's say the first the first half of 2021 is going to be going to look like 2020 for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of mm -hmm. what we're able to do and where we're able to go. And then hopefully 2021, it's going to be hopefully not. Yeah. Fingers crossed there. <laughs> um, but 2021, the second half is going to be like, there, there's going to be a, a, a urge to cram a lot into a little. Yeah. And so even like booking things mm -hmm. like, you know, booking a venue for Angelica's tour or mm -hmm. buying a ticket, to a, a concert all mm -hmm. of those things are going to be like hot hot commodities and so we should probably yeah get quick about it now in the meantime i am curious to hear what you think about um because we were you were mentioning you know obviously flights are a pretty good deal these days and the refund policies are you know much better than than they really ever have been um do you think that any of that is going to stay like do you think that there's going to be like I, I guess I want to call it reform in the airline industry because so much of it has been so um, like done such a disservice mm -hmm. to travelers for years now. Yeah. I, I mean, the cancellation policy one, I do think will be here to stay. Now they will pull back on some of the, the, the nice refund policies and whatnot. Um, but I don't think that they can fully put that back in. And the reason why I say that is because all the airlines would have to do it. And that would that would possibly be um, prime for uh, prime for some collusion cases by the government mm -hmm. if it looks like all the airlines got together and decided that they were going to pull back on the refund and cancellation policies that have have been mm -hmm. more, much more favorable this year. So my guess is they're going to be here to stay because now that has become the new a new another new differentiator similar to you know some airlines charge a lot a lot for baggage fees and some don't. Um, some charge you to have an assigned seat, some don't do that kind of thing. And I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. refund and cancellation policies are going to be another differentiator between airlines and how customer friendly they are. I hope so. I mean, it's interesting to look forward to, you know, like it, without the pandemic, I don't know if there would ever be any change in industries like that like there would just be no reason to they could always just sort of charge whatever they want and mm -hmm. people are going to fall in line without a real disruption well the rates are definitely going to go back up I, will, I, I, I have no no doubts about that airlines are going to be the oh, sure. to recapture revenue and so i'm already seeing flights flight prices go up now since a month ago before the vaccines were were initially approved so really for emergency authorization yeah so so if you're if you're if you're strongly considering any kind of summer or fall 2021 travel without even knowing for certain if you're going to be able to make the trip, if the refund policies are, are favorable for the airline that you, you prefer, I highly recommend you go ahead and check out the prices because. I mean, I'm already seeing, you know, hundreds of dollars of change and in, in, in I'm talking mostly I'm talking about popular destinations, because if you're trying to go to, you know, Croatia that's not so popular that the flight prices are going to change that that much. But if you're trying to go to Paris or Berlin or New York, some of these places, the the prices have already moved because these places are going to be highly, highly popular 
um, when people do make this kind of mad dash to do their vacation season in mm-hmm. 2021 that they didn't get to do in 2020. That makes sense. It also kind of makes me a little bit sad because I think a lot of the people, obviously, who have been so negatively impacted by the economics of this pandemic and really just haven't been able to get a leg up at all are people who are living relatively like hand to mouth, you know, Mm -hmm. not having a lot of Mm -hmm. runway that they can use to plan Mm -hmm. for future events and future travel. And so if you are in that position, if you have been like, you know, really, really hurt economically by mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the, you know, there's not going to be a piece of the travel pie for you, um, at least in the sense of the international travel. Yeah, for international, but but there are two areas where I think things that were learned this year are going to be really beneficial to all travelers, regardless of socioeconomic strategies. Like one, road trips. I think more people considered road trips this year than in many years past. I think for the last, I would say the last decade, international travel has been way more on the tip of people's tongue in terms of where they're thinking about going when they travel. Um, But road trips, I think people have realized here in the U.S. especially, there's so many untapped places that that people should go. Um, You know, like it's not just about going to, you know, if you're going to Oregon, for example, it's not just about going to Portland. It's about going to Bend. Or mm-hmm. it's not just about going to a place like Yosemite, you can go to a place like uh, Smith Rock, right? So, so I think that um, I think that's always going to be there. I think the second thing, though, is because people are going to be clamoring to go to these popular destinations like the Parises and, and because of the Olympics, maybe Tokyo, um, you're going to have unique opportunities for people to get off the beaten path and check out some areas that aren't those top tier destinations. And, mm-hmm. and I think if, if similar to the remote work movement, some of these kind of smaller off the beaten path destinations are going to experience a surge, not just in like the transitory nature of like travel, but also people willing to say, you know what, I'm not just going to go there for three days or five days. I'm going to stay there for two weeks because mm-hmm. I work remote and I can justify the flight price. Um, more if I stay longer and I can get it, you know, a affordable place to stay or a sublet or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. I, think, I think if I'm someone who is on a, a really tight income, I'm thinking less about how to make a lot of short trips in 2021 and more about where can I go for a, a longer stay in 2021 or how can I take a longer stay and take advantage of either the remote work, if that's something that's an option or if that's not an option, you know, making sure you carve out that time in, in, in your schedule to go somewhere that's affordable and either a drive away or a more affordable flight away. Um, so that's that. those are the things that I think are going to be uh, available for, for people, regardless of you know how much money they make. I, I hope you're right. And I think that this is a prime time for somebody, million dollar idea here. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about it in fits and starts. Um, but we haven't described it the way I'm about to, which is uh, like, we should really make an industry around the concept that is the premise of the movie, The Holiday, which is a very, very bad movie. But basically Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet mm-hmm. um, are both like, mm-hmm. you know, they loveless faces. and unhappy in their, <laughs> yeah, in their idyllic lives. And so they do a, a house swap mm-hmm. and that would Wait, be great. The, it's Jack, can get, Jack Black is one of the guys. Who's the other Jack guy? Jack Black is in it. It's, yeah. Jack Black and, and um, 
Jude Law, who oh, I yeah. will <laughs> never buy, lives in a tiny hamlet and is a widow with two beautiful daughters. Like that's just never, <laughs> I'm sorry guys, but that's just, that's just too far beyond the pale in terms of unrealistic <laughs> movie plots. But, but the concept of like, you know, it should be, if you could somehow figure out a way to safely and effectively do a one for one trade so that you can go and stay, you know, in Paris while I, you know, mm -hmm. go to LA or whatever, that's a, a pretty good idea. I'll and I hope it does her. happen. Yeah. I, 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 it, I, it very well could. Yeah. I am also curious. So do you think that um, you think the Olympics are going to happen in, oh, yeah. in the summer? Yeah, they, really? they're definitely happening. Um, I think they had already been scheduled for late summer of 2020. So I think they pushed it just a year back. So it'll be late summer 2021. Um, and here's the reason why I'm very confident they're going to happen. One, you need to be there for a while. So for the athletes themselves, they're not going, they're not going to Japan for four days. I mean, if they do it right, right, they're getting there. They have time to even quarantine themselves if they need to, and then go into the you know Olympic Village scenario and be there for two, three, whatever weeks. Um, mm -hmm. But for the uh, now, what I'm not certain about though is the the fans. You know, I mean, will people be flying in from all over the world to go to the Olympics? That part I'm not quite sure, sure about. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that'll be a problem either because. If, you know, if you're a world-class sprinter or gymnast, you, you, I mean, yes, you want your family there and, but you, at the end of the day, you've been training for four and actually this case, five years for this moment. You don't care if that crowd is full of Japanese people who live in Tokyo or people from all over the world. You're you, either way for you, it's the Olympics. Um, sure. And as someone who has friends who have been Olympians, I'm sure they, they, for them, it's more about being able to say that you did this thing that you've trained your whole life for more so than, Oh, we did it in, you know, this city and this stadium and there were this many people there and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's going to happen. And, you know, even I think South by Southwest, I don't know if they formally, but I'm pretty certain that they're not going to have a physical in conference thing. You know, I think it's going to be mostly online. Yeah. Um, and I think as a result of that, Things like Coachella will probably follow suit. Coachella typically happens in April. And I feel like April is still pretty early. Um, mm -hmm. So, but at the on the at the same time though, if you're Coachella, maybe you're not thinking about cancellation in 2021. Maybe now you're thinking about postponement. Maybe you're thinking, okay, we can postpone from April to September or October, and we can still have a festival this year, and because there's that much demand. Um, and we think people will have taken the vaccine, vaccine by then. So again, second half of 2021, as of right now, I'd say, that, like you said, it looks fundamentally different than the first half because people, there's going to be a lot of demand, I think, to have these experiences, have these trips, go to these ticketed events. Um, and it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. And in a lot of ways, I think that will accelerate the, the vaccine adoption um, because people will realize that the, the adoption of the vaccines will accelerate the promotion of large scale events that the people, a lot of people miss, like going to concerts or mm -hmm. shows and things like that. I'm curious to hear, and I'm sure anybody listening is curious to hear what uh, recommendations you have that we haven't discussed previously on the podcast in terms of where to go and what to see. Um, so whether that's, you know, like a sleeper hit in the U S or mm -hmm. a concert series that somebody might not know about, or a destination in Europe or Asia that isn't a Paris or a Tokyo, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, what's on what's on your list for 2021? I know you yeah. had a trip planned to Scandinavia that didn't happen. Yeah. This year. Yeah. So that, so that one, that trip didn't happen. And I'm still really, I mean, two summers ago, went to Copenhagen and loved it. Want to go back, wanted to add mm -hmm. Oslo and Stockholm uh, this past summer that didn't happen. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. Um, but the, the main two places that I have in mind, actually, that I think I feel comfortable recommending would be one is New Zealand. Like mm -hmm. I, I, if I, 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 I'm so thankful that I did a solo trip there for almost two weeks, a couple of years ago, because it are a few years ago now. Um, it's such a special place. It's so beautiful. Yes, it's really far. It's a long flight if you're coming from the West, but it's it's amazing. And their COVID response has just been a testament to the type of people that live there um, and the type of leadership they have. So I was going to say more women in government. Yeah. So in the great thing, yeah, and the great thing about New Zealand is their summer is our winter here in the U.S., for example, or in Europe. So mm -hmm. you can you can make plans for a trip, let's say. October or November of 2021 and spend the whole year looking forward to this big trip to New Zealand. And when you get to New Zealand, just as it starts getting colder here in the, in the U S or in Europe, for example, it's starting to get warmer there. So mm -hmm. I really like New Zealand. Um, the second one, the second one that I'd say is, and this is one I haven't done myself that I really, it, I, I owe it to myself to go in the next two years, if not sooner. Um, it, but to West Africa, Ghana, mm -hmm. Senegal, specifically those two countries. Um, I know we have locals in Dakar and Accra. And I have so many friends who've gone and raved about it. We have locals who are from Ghana or have Ghanaian descent. Um, I, I'm, I'm really eager to go there. And I know a lot of people there, they're not really sure how to do Africa. You know, like you can go to South mm -hmm. Africa and do like the safari thing and all that. Um, for me that's part of why I want to go because mm -hmm. travel in a lot of ways has gotten pretty cookie cutter and not, I don't want to say this is bad, but one of the things that Airbnb in their success has done um, is it's, it's kind of platform. It's, it's, it's almost um, made it so that regardless of where you're going, you can have the same housing experience. You know, because now Airbnb hosts know that they have to make their apartments and their houses just a certain way to optimize for the type of person that's booking on Airbnb. Very much the way that like mm -hmm. in hotels, once their hotels, they generally look similarly, whether you're in Asia or Europe or Africa or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So because of that, I think I like the idea of going to West Africa, not just as a place to check off the check the box on, oh, I went this place, but also because it feels less certain in terms in less familiar than going mm -hmm. to an, yet another city in Europe or yet another city in um, South America or yet another city in here in the U S. So that's another place that I would recommend people just check out. And again, it has the same seasonality effect there where going there in the middle of our summer makes no sense, but going there in the fall winter of next year, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of friends to, to Christmas or last year, went for Christmas, had a great- To West time. Africa. To, yeah, to Ghana. It was a big thing. It was a year of return, um, marking uh, four centuries since the the, the unfortunate you know, transatlantic trans slave trade. 
Um, uh-huh. and, um, but they had an amazing time and it was just a great cultural experience. Um, so I think, you know, especially in a year like 2020, where you have so many people who are, I would say non-black people even digging into black culture and the, the, the history of, of blacks in America, I think going to West Africa and, and seeing that same stuff, um, is, is going to inform you even more than just, you know, listening to a certain podcast or reading a certain book. Definitely. We should do a future episode of the podcast that is just um, a monologue from me on things not to do if you take a trip to West Africa, because that was my very first international trip. And I did it so, so badly. And I, I, I hope and pray that anybody would, you know, make a fraction of the mistakes that I made on that trip. But <laughs> if there was a happy medium between, you know, the idea of a place getting like overrun with the Airbnb culture that that gives you like a cookie cutter experience and the experience mm-hmm. that I that I created for myself mm-hmm. in West Africa, I would I would happily take it. So just, just it reminds me of um, some some friends of Angelica's. Um, I think she had a couple of friends who a couple of years ago, I feel like they went to they got a crazy flight deal and they went from like California to like Malaysia, I think, which is a wow. predominantly, you know, Muslim, not maybe it's not even predominantly Muslim, but it's a big Muslim population or something. And, um, and they were going, it's like, you know, they're expecting like summer and they're like swimming pools and all this stuff. And they're like, you know, not wearing a lot of clothes, like, you know, uh-huh. and then they get there and people are like, Whoa, what are you doing? And they're like, they weren't like, culturally prepared for like certain conditions right. that were there. And um, it really, it kind of reminds me of that to hear you talk about. When, it. <laughs> when I went to Senegal, I got there. Um, I, I might, my, my, oddly enough, my laptop was stolen on, in the airport oh. uh, by an American. Yeah. Um, so that was awful. Um, so I was incredibly yeah. like, you know, um, flustered because of this. And I got off of the plane and I was visiting my friend um, who was working for an NGO there. And the first thing she said to me was, you can't wear that. And I had no, I, I had no idea. I was such an idiot that the clo- I was basically, you know, naked, culturally speaking, and had no idea. And um, that was just the first in a series of unbelievable misadventures. Well, um, you know what? Those, <laughs> these are, the, this is, these are the experiences that we, you know, as local or sometimes have so that we can then in, share it and impart it on others so that they don't have to have those, those experiences and they can have something that saves them from those headaches. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to be humbled in your life. It's absolutely good to be humbled, whether that's by a culture or by your own inexperience in a, in a uh, different environment. But, um, but I also like, don't wish this for anybody. <laughs> so, um, okay, but so, anyway, so here's, um here's a, question of thinking more about 2020 than 2021 what's if you have one or two what's your takeaway from this year um you know i think to there's a there's a a travel analogy i kind of want to make do you know how if you ever go on a, a trip um that is like a let's say you go on a long road trip or you go like on a backpacking trip, like something where you have like a pretty small, um, like you're, you, you're carrying what you need mm-hmm. with you yeah. in a lot of ways, whether that's in the car or on your person or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that after a couple of weeks, you 
start to really relax into the fact that you don't need anything other than what you have with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the stuff, the, the idea of, um, you know, having to like, just like, if you, if, if all you had in your whole life was what was in this suitcase or in this backpack, you realize that you would actually be fine, that you have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't die for lack of, you know, clothes on your back or food in your stomach in these cases, which is, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, a, a fortunate thing th- to be able to say, but, um, that is kind of how I feel about mm-hmm. this year. Um, and it's a concept, you know, people use the word stoic or the concept of stoicism and think that it means, um, it's kind of like gotten mis- Yeah, like not really mean, Yeah. Right. And so, and so people think stoic means being like really stern and, you know, not emotional and uh, like, you know, like valorous in that way. But stoicism actually is all about realizing that you have self-reliance um just sort of baked into your like dna and i really do feel like that's what i have learned from this year it was like just a a trimming of all the fat and and it's a a really comforting thing to to look back on the year and obviously a lot of this has to do with my my privilege and how fortunate i've been to you know not be severely economically or physically impacted by the pandemic Mm -hmm. but uh but it's a really, I hope that a lot of people can um, relate to that feeling, uh, yeah. regardless of, I like that. you know, the specific parameters of their, yeah. their year. What about you? I like that a lot. Um, yeah, for me, it's, um, I really think, I mean, this word mostly is referred to in like environmental context, but when I, when I think about this year, for me, I feel, I think about sustainability and mm-hmm. this year. I feel like the way that I live feels the most sustainable out of any any way that I've lived ever, any year that I've lived ever. Um, having more time at home, having more um, eating healthier. Um, I've always focused on running, but just thinking about generally my my physical well being and health, and thinking about how the kind of interactions I want to have p- with people, and ha- less um, less meaningless interactions and more meaningful mm-hmm. interactions um and just valuing fewer things but really getting really deep into those things whether that's the home or the body or connection um mm-hmm. so yeah i really think i mean and then also the actual sustainability around the environment and around you know trying to reduce plastic and trying to you know we're, we're, we're composting now more, more and and you know things like that um but but honestly, I feel like the way, even though we've been living through a pandemic, I feel like the way that I've been living this year is closer to how I want to live going forward than even in years where we could do everything anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been, I think what we're both saying could be consolidated into the notion of it, 2020 has been a referendum on the crap. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? let's just not do mm-hmm. the things that don't serve us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really hope we can carry that forward. I also sort of hope that this perhaps could be the year that we as a people decide that um, New Year's resolutions are garbage mm-hmm. and that we should absolutely just betray them. Because I think a lot of what we're saying is like things, um, like we've all kind of changed our perception of, of what time feels like and uh you know how we spend it and and what what is a year and what is a month and and so on and so forth um 
And so I think like the idea of, you know, we're all looking forward to 2020 being over for obvious reasons, but we also all recognize that nothing is going to change on January 1. Mm -hmm. And therefore we should stop basing our, our, our own self-worth on this idea of what we're going to be in a specific calendar year. Um, and so hopefully these concepts that we're talking about, um, you know, the, the more, you know, the less you need or whatever, uh, are going to carry forth in a way that's a little more, I don't know, organic than like, um, conceptual, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. And, and as we, as we wrap up here, like the thing that I want to set everyone off with is that, you know, to Kate's point if there are things that you are thinking about in 2021, don't assign those things values to some re resolution, like do it now, like think, Just do it. thinking about it now, like whether that's something like, Oh, planning a trip, you don't need to wait until January 1st to start thinking about it. Or it's something like really, really, really meaningful. Like, you know, Oh, um, seeing a therapist or, uh, taking care, better care of myself physically and working out, exercising. Like why wait until January 1st to go to the gym? If you know, on December 16th or 17th or whatever day it is that, uh, that that's something that, that you, you want to now start valuing more. So I, I think that's just really important that, that people take the, the lessons, whatever they, they have from, from this year and not try to think of it as on December 31st, I'm just leaving that all behind. And then on January 1st, I'm mm -hmm. starting this whole new thing. You're, it's not a whole new thing. Um, what it is, is a, hopefully a, a chance for us all to feel a sense of renewal about the things that we care about and, and, and invest even more in those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it, this year has taught us that there's so much that we we can't control um, about the world and our positions in it, but there are certain things that you absolutely can control. And those things are worth leaning into. So whether that's running and, and fitness or just deepening your own, um, you know, knowledge or experience in whatever excites you, whatever passions you may have, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are we doing if we're not seizing those opportunities, especially because, you know, we're learning that, that nothing is guaranteed, including, you know, our own health. And so there's really no time like the present to be, to be the person you want to be. And so new year's resolutions be damned, just, just, get out and do it. Don't, don't wait for your, your husband to buy you a Peloton and become the Peloton wife. Just buy one for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then I would, uh, one last thing. Um, as of today, Localer is in about 190 cities around the world. And one mm -hmm. thing that I know for a fact that you all can look forward to in 2021 is that we are going to be adding dozens more cities um, so we're going to be in 200 plus cities in 2021. So I can't imagine that there's a destination on your mind that, that we can't help you uh, figure out how to have the best authentic experience. And so again, subscribe at localer.com. Uh, we'd love to help you out with those, those trip plans you have for, for uh, 2021. Absolutely. And I'll just quickly add to that, that, you know, the, the beauty of Localer is that it doesn't just come from one person or like just from you and me, it comes from our mm -hmm. whole global community. And that's how it's able to be so authentic and unique. Um, and with that in mind, you know, we don't know everything. If there's a place that you want to explore, just get in touch with us and we'll make it happen. You know, we can always, we're, we're very adaptable. And so um, that's what we'll be, that's what we've all learned, I guess, in, in 2020 in a trite way. And that's what we'll be bringing forth 
um, you know, in the future. So, yeah. Anyway, um, happy holidays, Joa. Happy uh, holidays. I miss you. I'm yeah. sorry not to be in Texas celebrating with you, but uh, but I hope I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year and uh, many happy returns. <laughs>